Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a nation's restaurant news podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Thursday, February 1st, and here are your top stories. First, the top five cities for restaurant growth. Here are the metropolitan areas to target, according to CBRE. Second, McDonald's updated burgers are now available nationwide. McDonald's Best Burger Initiative was first announced in April, and the burgers, which include everything from new buns to more sauce, are now available across the U.S. Third, Wendy's expands localized TikTok marketing platform. The burger brand increases its Tiger Pistol social media partnership. Fourth, America's favorite restaurants for burgers, chicken, pizza, and more. We know from Technomics 2023 America's Favorite Chains data that Americans love steak and smoothies. But of course, they still eat plenty of burgers, chicken, sandwiches, and other foods. So, who are the winners of those various categories and why? And finally, Israel-Palestine conflict-related boycotts put a dent in Starbucks' Q1 results. CEO Laksman Nadasiman pointed to the Middle Eastern conflicts and traffic softening in China market on weaker results. Now let's dive deeper into one of these stories. Although the first quarter is usually one of the highest performing times of the year for Starbucks, including both pumpkin spice and red cup season, Starbucks saw a traffic downturn for the quarter ended December 31, 2023, with North America comparable sales up only 5%, driven mostly by menu price increases. During the Starbucks earnings call on Tuesday, CEO Laksman Nadasiman pointed to the Israel-Palestine conflict as a source of friction in both the Middle East markets and in the U.S., where there have been calls for boycotts of Starbucks from supporters on both sides of the conflict. Nadasiman also explained that slower spending in China contributed to headwinds for the quarter, an issue that was highlighted by Luckin Coffee overtaking Starbucks as the number one coffee chain in China this November. For more on the story, let's turn to Joanna Fantosi. Okay, so Joanna, we um, are doing our first earnings of the season, the really big one, which is Starbucks. Um, can you tell me a little about what the earnings call told us and what we can kind of glean from it? What didn't happen during that earnings call? There was a lot going on. The biggest news of which, though, is that Starbucks didn't have such a great quarter. Um, they had some kind of slowed growth and uh, really soft traffic, uh, which they, of course, were not thrilled with. And actually, though, it was really interesting. What they were blaming that traffic on was actually uh, two things that were happening internationally. Um, and they actually pointed to the Israel-Palestine conflict because that not only affects their markets in the Middle East, but it also affects, they apparently were affected by boycotts uh, here in the U.S. And I think that's really interesting because um, for various political reasons, we've heard of so many different companies uh, being boycotted by people um, over the Internet. And it's usually like, oh, boycott Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, often, uh Target. I feel like there's there's just so many companies that have been boycotted over the years, and I often have. I, I guess I've thought of those as usually kind of more bark than bite. Um, but the fact that they were actually pointing to the fact that there were protests against Starbucks due to uh, from both sides of the Israel-Palestine conflict. It's crazy to me that they that this clearly had an impact, or at least they claim had an impact on their sales and specifically on their traffic and. Just as a reminder, Starbucks basically got, I don't want to say got in trouble, but they were negatively impacted on both sides of the uh, supporters of the Israel-Palestinian conflict um, because Starbucks Workers United, their union uh, last fall, they tweeted a pro-Palestinian tweet and then deleted it and then it was too late because then um, Israeli supporters, Israeli Americans and Israeli supporters were saying to boycott Starbucks and Starbucks basically had to come out with their own statements saying, you know, we are not our uh, union, 
we don't condone what they're saying. Um, and then when they came out with that, then of course the Palestinian, uh, Palestinian Americans and Palestinian supporters then were not happy with that either. So they're basically getting boycotts from both sides, which to me is pretty crazy. Um, and then the second reason, besides that meaning that traffic was down, the second reason is really a lot of softness in China. China is one of their biggest markets outside of North America. I think they're their number one market outside of North America. Uh, and they're seeing some uh, challenges in traffic there. They say that the consumer just isn't really spending that much uh, and is having, they're basically having a hard time uh, post COVID. Um, but I don't know if that's entirely the whole story here though, because Luckin Coffee, which is their number one competitor in China, uh, last fall, they actually edged ahead of Starbucks for the first time. Um, and so if I had to guess, that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, and so Starbucks not too happy with their results, but besides all of that, they also had actually a lot of news uh, that came out of that non-softened traffic related. <laughs> I mean, before we get to that, because the news you were telling me today, very interesting. Um, but before we get to that, can we talk a little bit about these softened sales? I mean, is is that because the consumer is becoming softer and the environment's different, or is it because they were facing incredible numbers last year? They were hitting record-breaking numbers. I mean, so is it kind of a mix of the two? Yeah, I think it's a mix of several things. I actually think that they uh, kind of oversimplified it by really blaming the Israel-Palestinian uh, boycotts. If I had to guess, that probably maybe was a small uh, portion from that, but if I had to guess, besides the, the softened sales in China, and then of course the Middle East due to that uh, conflict over there, um, it's, it is, it is so interesting because it just seems like the consumer spent more, or rather spent less on Starbucks last quarter. And that's not good for Starbucks because this is Q1 and Q1 for Starbucks is their hot time of year because it, it involves both pumpkin spice season and red cup season. That should be, the quarter one should really be their highest performing quarter. I actually believe historically the second quarter is usually a softest for them um, and so I think what this is saying is it's a combination of some of the factors I already listed but also people aren't happy with them over um, allegations of union busting and I think uh, some of their competitors have really um, improved in terms of uh, their sales and traffic um, so they're getting a competitor uh, they, rather they're getting competition from uh, from younger upstarts, kind of like Dutch bros. Uh, we've talked about them uh, quite a bit. Um, and so I do think it's a combination of factors. You know, you mentioned in your story that um, you could see Starbucks maybe introducing some drinks that are reminiscent of a Dutch bros, maybe as a way to compete. Can you talk a little bit about what they're introducing and sort of what your predictions were? Yeah, so Starbucks introduced, uh, rather they, uh, they announced several new announcements um, on the beverage and menu innovation side of things. Um, they announced uh, two new uh, two new beverages: uh, the chocolate covered strawberry frappuccino, which sounds really good to me, um, and the chocolate hazelnut cookie cold brew. There's a lot of words with that. <laughs> they introduced the chocolate covered strawberry cream frappuccino and the chocolate hazelnut cookie cold brew. Um, they're going to be introducing those. They said in time for Valentine's Day. Not a ton of details available on that yet. Um, but the biggest news I think is really interesting is they're gonna be introducing three new beverage platforms. So not just three new beverages, but entirely new platforms, um, which is a lot. That's pretty shocking to me. I assume it's not gonna be all at once. It'll probably be rolling out sometime over the next year or so. Um, 
but I my concern is that um, is that it might overcomplicate Starbucks's menu. If I had to guess some of the things that they could be uh, introducing, boba tea. Obviously, boba tea is huge. Uh, uh, our uh, intrepid colleague uh, Brett Thorne has written about how boba tea is such a huge trend, um, and I believe it was one of our predictions. And um, so they could be going in that direction. Another example, I think that they could be possibly introducing either energy or protein drinks um, because they want to, they, they said that it's specifically aimed at the Gen Z millennial demographic. And I think that the younger demographics kind of like that healthier, better for you kind of stuff um, and also want more options beyond just the basic coffee or like the really sweet drinks that, uh, that Starbucks is known for. Um, and energy and protein drinks are available at Dutch Bros. Especially, Dutch Bros is known for their energy drinks. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Starbucks kind of gleans that they are starting to become a bit more of a competitor than they once were and might want to catch up. Obviously, this is all speculation. I don't actually know what their drinks platforms are, but it's crazy to me that they're introducing so many new things while also at the same time struggling with traffic. Well, you know, Starbucks has the OG energy drink, which is like eight shots of espresso over ice. So that was oh, is that the, your is that your go to order? <laughs> that was the old millennial energy drink. Um, but it's interesting that Starbucks is trying to compete with other chains that are looking to aim for Gen Z, which is what everyone's doing now. Um, so what are some other ways that Starbucks is looking to kind of gain its foothold in the market again? Uh, a couple of other um, things they announced is that they are also going to be looking into late night and overnight delivery. Now we've talked about late night quite a bit. Our colleague Alicia Kelso has written about that a lot. A lot of chains, uh, including White Castle, Taco Bell, uh, Jack in the Box, they've introduced a lot of uh, late night menus um, and new uh, and, and new extended hours in that day part. And that's targeting obviously the younger demographic. Um, and so Starbucks introduced, uh, or they announced that they're gonna be testing out a partnership with GoPuff, which would be delivery between the hours of 5 p.m. and 5 a.m., uh, which is crazy to me, right? So that's really interesting because it's not just late night, that's just, like, to me, the late night day part is probably, what, between, like, 9 p.m. and maybe midnight. To be going, basically, you can order Starbucks in the middle of the night. I don't know what you're, what you're doing that you need coffee from Starbucks at 3 a.m. I'm not really sure what you're doing that you need that maybe you're pulling an all-nighter or a study session not really sure um but that's something that they're testing out and they also announced a partnership with bank of america um so previously they had a partnership with delta and um so now they're kind of like collecting these uh uh corporate uh partnerships and um basically um you can earn points they they kind of like share points a little bit so you can earn points uh from uh, Delta and now Bank of America um, and through through buying Starbucks and vice versa. There's also going to be a third partnership announcement coming soon. So, you know, we talk about this GoPuff uh, partnership, which sounds very interesting, but does this mean that Starbucks locations now have to be open 24-7? I have no idea how that's going to work. Um, I think that that's why they're starting with a, um, with just a test. I don't uh, Again, uh, CEO Lakshman Narishaman did not offer many details, um, so we don't know exactly what that test entails, how many stores. Um, likely, it's it's going to be, if I had to guess, it's going to be in uh, densely populated areas like big, bigger cities um, and probably not too many stores. Um, but, and 
because you know Starbucks has never been open that late or conversely that early before um, and yeah so if I had to guess this is probably something that they're going to be aiming at certain areas and demographics and won't be widespread. Have you seen any response from the unions about this because that news strikes me as something that they would want to talk about because it means more staffing. And one of the reasons why the unionization movement started at Starbucks was a lack of staffing. I mean, have you seen any rumblings about that? This is true. No, uh, the Starbucks union has not responded to this news yet. Um, but we'll definitely uh, update you on NRN.com if they ever do. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.